Hey there, Mojo Sports fans, and welcome to another episode of the NRL Show. Your host, Lane, here. Round four, the rivalry round, is over. The Brisbane Broncos were victorious in the Battle of Brisbane, and the grand final rematch was a thrilling golden point finish, seeing the Eels secure their first win for the season. In this episode, we touch on the best and worst performances of round four and share with you our previews for round five. After their performance last week, the Gold Coast Titans have a bye this round and there are a few top build matches to look forward to. We're quite excited about the matches ahead as the quality of the competition in these open rounds have been top shelf. Joining me on the panel today is Emma and Lachlan. I'll just launch straight into it, guys. This past round was billed as was what we billed as a rivalry round, and there were some thrilling and wild endings to matches. Club or player, best performance of the round, and why? Emma, let's start with you first. The kick by Nathan Cleary um, to even it up and put it into to, um, Golden Point, even though they didn't get the win, it was a pretty exciting uh, moment, and I think, um, yeah, he came in pretty clutch there with his with his kicking, so that was an exciting moment for me, I think. The best performance for me was probably Lachlan Miller uh, for the Knights at fullback. Um, he really shone. I think he's really growing into that role at fullback. So, um, yeah, he did a really good job in helping the Knights to uh, get a victory against Canberra. Yeah. Gabby and I actually ended up having um, the same uh, nominated uh, best performance of the round. So Nico Hines um, came up for the both of us with his nine try assists in the match against the Dragons. You know, he's patient, he's perceptive, reads the game so well, knows his players, um, such an outstanding halfback, and the entire Sharks team just looked different. So I'll ask, who wants to go first to talk about what they thought was the worst performance of the round? Canberra Raiders, for me, they, you know, they were leading into the halftime and then they just, uh, they couldn't, couldn't get it done against, you know, a bit of a disappointing Newcastle side from what we've seen to start the season. So I think they've got quite a bit of work to do. They find themselves right on the wrong end of the ladder now. So they really need to uh, get their season going and get it going quickly. I 100% agree. That would have been my pick as well. Um, they're just not doing it. My worst performance, and it also ended up being Gabby's worst performance as well, was uh, the Dragons, perhaps just uh, letting another game slip. No fight in the second half, an astounding 32-point loss. Look, I'm no coach and... You know, I sometimes think I am, but it looks as though like any of the weaknesses that were perhaps obvious to them from the previous week, um, they spent little time working on that. Uh, I did think that um, the Dragons were perhaps the um, worst performing and <laughs> close second were the Raiders. <laughs> I actually messaged Gabby right before halftime of that game and I was like, watch them get five tries scored against them right now. And then they did. So let's get into it. Uh, the Titans have a bye for round five, licking their wounds um, after a loss to the Cowboys. So the first match we have for round five on Thursday evening in Sydney is Roosters versus Parramatta Eels. Lachlan, last episode, most of us tipped against the Eels in their matchup against the Panthers. Gabby even stated that if there is a team that knows how to beat the Panthers, it's the Eels. They did that. Thrilling finish to clinch their first win for 2023. And this week they face the rested Roosters at their home ground at Moore Park. And the Roosters have more victories this season under their bouts from opposite sides of the Sydney map. How are these two sides looking for the first match of the round? Yeah, it's a great way to kick off round five. Two very strong outfits, really. Um, so the Roosters, 
They are coming off the bye, as you've just said, after a great win against Souths at that home ground in Moore Park. Whereas Para, what a performance last week, really. They just showed that they really can match it with the best, um, even though, especially with that disappointing start, um, to be able to bounce back like that and put in, like, it was a really hard game. They had to really put in the work to, to get there. And obviously that amazing Nathan Cleary two-point field goal, they really had to uh, go all the way, and they did. Mitchell Moses with the match-winning field goal. So, yeah, they that's a bit of a confidence booster for them for sure, especially, yeah, going zero from three to start. But for the Roosters, Joey Manu, he's missing out this week through suspension. So Drew Hutchinson will into the centres, very experienced hands there. Uh, and Corey Allen and White onto the interchange with Terrell May dropping out. Uh, for Parramatta, we've got Romu Greig uh, in the starting side and Jack Murchie onto the bench with Junior Paulo out after taking an early guilty plea for a grade two high tackle against Penrith. So, yeah, there's quite a bit going on in this game. Obviously, there's also the Suali'i talk around Rugby Australia for the Roosters. Obviously, everyone wants to have their opinion on that. But uh, a lot to talk about. And Bills are just going to be really uh, on top, on top of their game. After they'll be able to find a way to, to get their second win of the season. Yeah, um, I want to echo a lot of what um, Lachlan said there with that gritty win um, with the Eels. But I don't know. I'm just not convinced. Um, the Roosters are coming off a um, bit, bit more rested. And I think um, they'll be wanting to get a good run on the board as well. Um, so, yeah. Kind of want to go Roosters, but I don't know, it could go either way for me. I think the Eels, um, you're right, Lachlan, I, th- I think the Eels are going to be pretty buoyed off that win. And I think they're now out to just prove a point that, yeah, we can keep this going. Um, I, I have a feeling they will miss someone like um, Junior Bolo, um, although in the mix, because, you know, he can be quite effective. All right, thank you, Lachlan. Um, all right, so the next match we've got, um, it's the 16th placed Canberra Raiders hosting the 7th placed Penrith Panthers in Canberra. Uh, both teams um, lost their recent matches. So for the Raiders in the last round in Newcastle, Hudson Young, Matt Frawley and Jack White, all of those guys played really well, you know, standouts in that first game. So like, I noticed that with Josh Papali'i coming back, it was great to see, but he only kicked into gear a little late in the game. So there was some lack of urgency from the Raiders in the second half. And again, it makes me question their ability to maintain control for an 80-minute game because um, giving up that lead after half time against the Knights, Look, I have a feeling Ricky Stewart was quite unhappy and probably had a bit to say about that afterwards. But in that second half, they were just unable to get their defence together to prevent tries, a lot of, lot of um, missed and ineffective tackles and too many errors. So, But we've seen that they can pull themselves together to get a win, but I'm, I'm, sure, I'm a little bit unsure if they can do that at home, especially with the opposition they're facing. The Panthers, um, as we touched on before, um, they had... An outstanding game, but unfortunately, uh, a golden point loss last round. Uh, throughout most of the match, though, they were chasing the eels, I found, and um, and they were only really working it out with eight minutes left. So, yeah, I, I think a few miscommunication, um, you know, issues that we saw amongst players um, in attack. Um, I think they're still sort of working a few of those uh, kinks out with the side. For this matchup, uh, we don't have Jack Whiten on, so he's out for suspension for two games. Uh, the Raiders can have some confidence in Matt Frawley, who will be uh, moved to the 5'8 role, and Frawley is pretty capable. He also has a good boot. 
So with Frawley in a different position, the Raiders will have Jamal Fogarty returning from illness and he'll be at halfback. And also the Raiders has Jordan Rapana returning from his suspension and he'll be on the wing replacing James Schiller. Um, I see here that Jared Croker's been named, but he hasn't played an NRL match since the start of the season. It'll be interesting to see what he's going to bring uh, to the Raiders' side. Um, for the Panthers, Luke Garner will be taking a break and Scott Sorensen will be starting in his place. Uh, Lindsay Smith will be on the bench. And the Panthers are still without Liam Martin, who's nursing a hamstring injury. So Hunt, uh, hooker Sonny Luke has been stood down on the concussion protocol from the last round. And on the bench to cover him in his place will be Tyrone Peachy. Uh, one point here that I note is that Panthers co-captain Isaiah Yeo will make his 200th NRL appearance. And Raiders prop Joseph Tapine will play his 150th game for the club. So although these two teams have the same win rate this season, it could be a stronger completion rate, tackle efficiency, and perhaps ball speed in favour of the Panthers that will lead to victory. I haven't tipped very well for the Raiders um, lately. After a win over the Sharks at home, they got my hopes up against an unsettled night side in Newcastle, but that didn't happen. Um, they're back home in Canberra. Maybe that will make a difference for them. I don't know, but it's against the Panthers. Um, the Raiders will really need to contain a, a formidable Panthers back line. I'm perhaps no help to anyone who's thinking that I'm going to give them a good tip here, but the Panthers really are just a much stronger team coming into this match and they're likely to win, um, not only because they are the stronger side, but to also redeem themselves after that last round uh, loss. So I'm, I'm tipping the Panthers for this. Well, the Panthers, they've got to sort something out. Um, they did have a narrow, very narrow loss. Like they could have won that game, but it was only, I feel like, towards the end that they really pulled themselves together. Saying that the Raiders to lose against the Knights, that's a big, big red flag um, for me to want to tip them. So, yeah, I've got to go Panthers. I have to agree. I think Penrith are just the much better team on paper, but also the much better team on the field. Like they've just got that back line like you were talking about, Lane, and uh, the Canberra Camber Raiders were just really disappointing last week. Note that the Panthers have won their past four games against the Raiders and eight out of their past ten, so been a bit of a bogey team for the Raiders. Penrith will be too good and they should they should get it done by a few tries and uh, get the back-to-back Premier season rolling again. Thank you both. Um, so the next matchup we've got on Friday evening is the South Sydney Rabbitohs hosting the Melbourne Storm. I'm sure Gabby is delighted at Storm making their way back to the competition after their last round win. And Craig Bellamy uh, seems to be in a better mood. Emma, what do you think we can expect from what I think will be a blockbuster match uh, over at Sydney Olympic Park? Yeah, I think it will be too. Um, Rabbitohs coming off a very special win against Manly. Um, that was a game I feel like they had to win for themselves and their club and um, obviously for Sats. So that was a, a really good game and good for them to get that win. Elias, amazing. Um, I was really impressed by that field goal. Um, it was pretty good play. He knew that uh, Manly would be trying to cover um, Latrell for that kick and he just... He had the confidence to call for it and um, to get it in. And I think it's it's really good for him that he did get it in because if he didn't, um, <laughs> he would have a lot of people like, why would you take it? It's not your ball and all that sort of stuff. Um, but that's kind of shown everyone that he does have the 
um, potential and he can do it. So that's a big win for them as a team, I think. And Melbourne, they had a much needed win as well against the Tigers. Having Ken Munster back, I think, is a real asset to them. Yeah, to really steer that ship to victory. We've got Saleh returning from concussion protocols. Um, he had an 11-day stand down and he will be coming off the bench. Last week's debutant Ben Lovett goes to the reserves list and winger Alex Johnson has suffered a slight cork to his thigh against the Eagles, but appears to be all right to play. So we'll see how he goes. They don't have any players that um, that are officially out, so that's good for them. Storms has only been um, one change to the team um, that beat the Tigers, and that's Tom Eisenhuth is joining on the bench after being the 18th man last week. He's taking the place of Tyron Wishart, who goes to reserves. Um, Jerome Hughes is still a week away from returning from suspension, and Jonah Pezza is remaining in the number seven jersey. They also don't have any other new players out, so that's good. As a Rabbits home game, and both teams are coming off the wins, so I think they'll both be keen to really um, keep that momentum going and that you want to start the season off right with getting some more wins on the board. I think they'll be playing their hearts out. Rabbitohs will be playing for back-to-back wins over the Storm for the first time. Storm have won seven of their past eight games against the Rabbitohs, so that's a little bit of a – could be a challenge for them. Rabbitohs winger Alex Johnson has scored 22 tries in his past 13 games at Decor Stadium, and Storm fullback Nick Meany has scored six tries in his past seven NRL games. Rabbitohs have also won six of their past eight games at Accor Stadium. Rabbits will have been a bit more consistent, um, I think, than Melbourne. And has had its issues, as we've talked about in past weeks. But um, I think with Munster being back, um, they're sort of starting to find their feet again. And, um, yeah, they will be ready to defend. And whatever team wins will be the ones that can keep their calm. Um, it's pretty noticeable immediately, just the difference Cameron Munster made as soon as he was back on the field. Um, he also has this innate ability to just antagonise and unsettle his opposition. So it's a sort of, I don't know whether it's some kind of mind game he plays through like what he says on the field, but they tend to um, get so into the emotional aspect that they lose focus. So I wonder if uh, Munster will be using his special powers uh, that game to sort of unsettle some of those key players on the south side. I know one name that we have been talking about who's been an outstanding performer for the south consistently has been Lachlan um, Elias. So, um, you know, I'm also um, interested to see what sort of uh, impact he makes um, as well in this matchup. So, yeah, these two, they have to win this game for sure. Well, one of them's coming out to win. I don't know what the other one's doing. This is just another stellar game. It's blockbuster after blockbuster. I'm really loving this season start. It's just so competitive. We've had so many golden point games. We've had so many field goals. And I just think this is just another one that's destined for that. Uh, I think Souths will be too good. Melbourne's still obviously dealing with their injury problems. It's just so intriguing, I guess. There's just so many storylines. And, yeah, hopefully another close game. Thank you, Emma. Um, so the Saturday match uh, that we've got, it's the first match for Saturday, which is also April Fool's Day. Uh, the Seagulls, who are currently in second place, take on the Newcastle Knights, which are in 12th place. So Manly is coming off a golden point loss to South Sydney, as we just talked about. That not, The Knights had a comfortable win over the Raiders. It was the Hungry Knights that showed up last round. Um, perhaps no longer wooden spoon favourites for that performance. I don't know. They'll be keen to keep that winning feeling going. Uh, Lachlan, it's at relatively neutral territory at Glen Willow Oval and Mudgee. What can we expect 
from this Saturday matchup? Well, firstly, bring the game out to Mudgee. Love that. They've been doing it for a while now, Manly. Um, I love seeing the NRL clubs take games to the country. Uh, fans out there really deserve it, and it always brings um, a good atmosphere that translates onto the TV screen as well. Manly, obviously, heartbreaking fashion last week, going down to the Rabbitohs just um, must really hurt for them. So they're going to have to uh, pick themselves up and bounce back. Uh, Morgan Harper will come into the team uh, for Tolatakula, who's out with a knee injury. And Croker has returned from injury as well with Carl Lawton dropped uh, into the reserves. Uh, Newcastle, a very confidence-boosting win against Canberra, I think. They really needed that. Uh, they've been having some struggles, I guess, to start the season. There's been quite a few doubters. And so that win just, like, instilled some self-belief, I guess, in that club and in that team. And so that 17 is going to be out to, to do the job again this weekend, that's for sure, down at, um, up in Mudgee. I touched on earlier Lachlan Miller just really killing it at fullback coming over from Rugby Sevens only a few years ago and really starting to fill into his shoes, I guess. He's doing a great job in place of uh, Caitlin Ponga, who's moved into the halves. So Kurt Mann has, will miss out this weekend due to head injury protocols with Jack Johns starting at lock in his place and Greg Marzu retains his spot over Dominic Young, which uh, remains a contentious issue, that winger spot with the English international still playing reserve grade for Newcastle. We'll see how that resolves itself over the season. I think Manly will just have too much power in their back line, um, too much class. They've really shown what they can do in these opening rounds um, under Anthony Seabold and I think uh, Josh Schuster performing well in the halves as well. That's a big boost. So yeah, I think Manly should be able to get the job done despite the Knights before a good performance last week. I actually thought um, once um, Greg Marjo had performed the way he did on the wing um, in that second half, I was like thinking, Dominic, I don't think you're coming back. <laughs> so- yeah, I'm definitely going to go Manly as well. Um, got to give credit to the Knights, though. I've uh, not been very confident in them. And, uh, yeah, they've actually surprised me a few times and got those wins when I didn't expect it. So, um, yeah, I think they are definitely trying to give it a fight. But for this game, it's got to be Manly for me. There were some moments when I think I saw the Knights just looking like they were the Sharks for a moment there um, leading into a try. I, I actually had to rewind and rewatch because it was so impressive. I'm like, where is this team every week? Uh, fans need you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the next game we've got um, on Saturday as well is the St. George Dragons, St. George Illawarra Dragons. Sorry, they're 14th on the ladder and they take on the Dolphins who are third place. This is down in Wollongong. Last round, we all tipped correctly with each um, the Dragons and the Dolphins matchups. Uh, so at this point in time, the Red V are actually the wooden spoon favourites with the Tigers and the Knights. They're sitting at the 14th place on the ladder and the Dolphins, even though they were a bit sort of battle-worn last week, um, tell us, Emma, in your preview um, of the Battle of the Brisbane, you said that both these teams will go on to have pretty good winning streaks with their subsequent rostered matches. Um, you know, the Broncos and the Dolphins. Is that what it looks like for the Dolphins this week as they take on the Dragons? I still think they're the better team than the Dragons just because the Dragons have not done a whole lot to impress me. Uh, But a fair bit's changed since last week. So the Dolphins have um, come up with some bit of trouble with some injuries. So we've got Tessie New. um, He did his MCL. Uh, so that's at least four weeks that he'll be out, not a fun injury. And also Sean O'Sullivan tore his pec tendon. Um, so he could be out for three to four months, depending on how that goes. Um, 
but they're going to have Jack Bostock's going to come in. He's actually on his NRL debut for Testing New. Um, Isaiah Katoa will be back and he is going to be at the 5'8", and Anthony Milford will be switching to halfback. Uh, then we've got Jeremy Marshall King and Herman Essiesi are going to come in um, at hooker and prop. Um, and then Mason Teague and Kwasa Fomasili will be moving to the bench and the 18th man. Um, so quite a big change up there than um, last week. I think this will be a lot tougher match than I had originally expected leading into last week's. And the Dragons are pretty much unchanged. They've only had... I think swapping um, Jack Bird is now starting and Zane Musgrove is on the bench. That's the only change that I'm aware of. And so they played that team last week and I think hopefully over this week for them um, in training that they would have been able to iron out any bugs. Um, so they could actually be a little bit more prepared, <laughs> maybe. Uh, the Dragons have won their fast, past five games at Wynn Stadium, so that's a good start for them. Hammer, um, he has scored five tries in his past four games. Um, the Dragons have conceded 80 points in consecutive losses, so I wouldn't really <laughs> think that's a good stat for them to have coming into this one. Um, Dolphins captain Jesse Bromwich, he's going to be playing his 300th NRL game, and Dragons center Moses Sully will be playing his 100th NRL appearance. So it's pretty special games for the both of those, and um, I'm actually quite excited for this game. Thank you. The Dolphins, this was always going to be the issue, I guess, when their depth started to be tested. Um, they've hit their first objectives pretty well. They've put on a great show in their opening few rounds. They've won over the fans. They've put up a great fight in the Battle of Brisbane. But now they have to deal with, uh, I think, a tougher opponent in injuries and suspensions. And no matter how much passion and, I guess, heart you have, um, in the end, I think that's what's going to get the Dolphins. And this game is very, very important, I think, to them. Because I think if... Um, if they do find themselves on the losing end, they could really uh, find themselves in a bit of a downward spiral towards uh, into the middle of the season. So, yeah, I think very, very important for the both of these teams. Uh, just quickly on Jack Bostock, you touched on making his NRL debut. I got to see him play live for New South Wales under-19s last year at Leichhardt Oval. He looks uh, like a very good player, has a lot of potential. Illawarra Jr., I think, off the top of my head, still very young, very inexperienced. We saw him in the trials, but I think he'll do um, a very good job on the wing. I have this um, feeling that this might be the end of the road for the Dolphins. I'm sorry. Um, I believed in them from the start, but they're just, I think the Dragons are going to come out, I guess, sense some weakness and really uh, click maybe a bit. And I think the Dragons will, will win this weekend. Yeah. The Dragons need to to save the their season. If they don't, they're in a lot of trouble. Um, but can and they do it? Talk, there's a lot of talk about you know Anthony Griffin getting sacked as well, going around. So they have uh, reason to get up and perform. But obviously, that media attention can go the opposite way as well. So yeah, this shapes up as one of the most intriguing clashes I think of this weekend. Yeah, I agree. This this one I think is a, a bit of a make or break for both of these teams. Um, and kind of interesting that the coach, um, Anthony Griffin, he's kind of stuck with the same squad that had that huge loss to the Sharks um, with only a few changes. Um, pretty much concur with the both of you. Got to say that the Dolphins has shown to be a team that doesn't really fade in the second half and they're actually still able to make a fight coming back. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if 
Bennett's one of those guys who says to him, you know, it's an 80 minute game, play 80 minutes. Um, and he'll be pointing out to them um, a lot of the fitness issues that the Dragons um, have shown um, and ways in which to sort of exploit that to their uh, favour. So, yeah, look, I'm not giving up on the Dolphins. I'm going for the Dolphins. Thank you, Emma. Um, the final game that we've got for Saturday is uh, top of the table Broncos. They're against the bottom of the table West Tigers over at Lang Park. Lachlan, is this matchup as predictable as fans and punters think this will be? Or can a Tiger change its stripes, pull out some kind of miracle? What is your preview of this match in Brisbane? I think it quite possibly is going to be as predictable as everyone thinks it might be on paper. <laughs> Uh, that doesn't mean it's not going to be interesting and that we can't learn stuff from it. Uh, so up in Brisbane, these are two very contrasting teams, as you just touched on, in terms of their season start. We've got Broncos. They're the only undefeated team uh, out of all 17, which I don't think anyone really saw coming for them to be at the top of the ladder and undefeated. But, yeah, they did look a little a little sloppy in victory against the Dolphins, just a little. They had quite a few errors, but, you know, that's bound to happen, and they are... They pulled through. They got the win, and that's what's important. Uh, Adam Reynolds and Reese Walsh absolutely killing it in the backs, just tearing up, and then their forward pack is just so formidable at the moment. Payne Haas, Patrick Carrigan. It just makes you uh, think back to a few years ago when they were really struggling, and you know they were going, okay, we've got all these young forwards with so much potential. We just need a few players to stick it all together, and I think you know this is the year where they've kind of kind of done that, and we're seeing a really, really strong Brisbane Broncos team. Uh, so they've got no changes to their 17 for this weekend. So they're sticking strong. Uh, the Tigers, they are the only winless team out of the 17. Uh, so the complete opposite of Brisbane. They're sitting 17th. Uh, they did hang in there against Melbourne, but wasn't quite good enough. Uh, I guess positives being John Bateman and Appy Corusau really settling in well. They both have been playing pretty well in a very bad team at the moment. Uh, so Tim Sheen's named the same starting 13, which I guess comes as a bit of a shock. Um, I really expected to see Luke, Brook, Luke, Luke Brooks dropped this week um, after some of the recent performances and as cores grow even louder and louder for that to happen, and especially with such a capable half in, uh, in Brandon Wakeham and Adam Dewey as well. I just, I'm struggling to see why he's still there, but... He is, so, and he's definitely a very capable halfback on his day, so we'll trust him for now. I, their bench is really quite baffling. They've got dropped um, Alex Afaf, Sean Bloor, and Dane Laurie, which I think I feel a bit bad for Sean Bloor especially. I think he's been playing pretty well and definitely, you know, not his fault for how the Tigers have been going, and I think he, uh, he really should be staying on that bench. But uh, they've been dropped in favour of Jake Simpkin, uh, a very, very capable hooker, which means we might see Coruscant pulled to start off the bench again or maybe some split in minutes. Uh, then we've also got Justin Matamua on the bench. He's a very inexperienced second row, but has also shown he has uh, quite a big capabilities. He was playing under-20s only last year and has really uh, came through the system quite quickly after making his NRL debut late last season. And we've also got Stafford Toa on the bench, which is a really weird one. He's an outside back. You don't necessarily see too many of those on the bench so we've got a hooker an outside back uh, a handful game rookie and Alex Twell on the bench which I have to say does not look very good so how that gets used I guess will be up to Tim Sheens on game day and I'm very interested to see how he does use that bench and how it goes for him but yeah fingers crossed for Tigers fans that they can at least uh, 
put up a fight against this clinical Broncos team. So, yeah, Broncos, I don't see them having any reason to slow down. They really should um, They should put quite a few tries on the Tigers this Saturday night, especially at their home ground. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. Um, I find a lot of the time the um, most predictable games um, can sometimes be the ones that are actually, you see the biggest upsets. But unfortunately for the Tigers, I don't see it. But it would be very interesting if we did. So see how they go. Um, but yeah, I've surely got to go to the Broncos on this one. I'm calling Broncos for this, um, <laughs> quite naturally. They're, they're my they're my second team, Emma. Just like they are yours. <laughs> the next matchup we have it's actually the first one for Sunday. It's the Sharks versus the Warriors. Um, before I sort of launch into it, um, how good was that Sharks game? And how good was that Warriors game? Um, and I know last round we all tipped that the Sharks and the Warriors were going to win. Um, so they both come into this match um, with their victories, which is great. And like last round, I remember we said that, oh, if Nico Hines is coming back, the Sharks will be on fire. And they were. I um, touched on this earlier. He had a great return game, Nico, and they slayed the Dragons with such a blowout score. Um, and the Warriors at Mount Smart Stadium, you know, I loved seeing them back on their home ground. It was really, really nice. Um, and, like, they overcame the Bulldogs to win, and you could really see that confidence in their game. And they, I am... I'm really quite excited about this matchup because it will be great just to see how much depth and maturity there is in the Warriors side as well um, and how they perform um, in this match. I think will be a bit of an indicator for what they will be like for the rest of the season. Uh, that, uh, Sharks, no surprises, but uh, the Sharks, their team remains the same from last week. Uh, actually, probably the stronger team coming into this. So um, Hines fell back into the team like he wasn't even away. It was like he just had a nap and came back and he was still back in form. So he helped the Sharks with those five second half tries against the Dragons. I have a feeling that their coach came away and said, you've only got like two or three things that you've got to think about um, um, fixing. Um, and even defensively, like very effective tackles. At one point, I thought it was an Oprah moment with everyone about to get a try. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised to see that Talakai kicked a penalty goal. <laughs> I don't know. Are the Sharks trying to ensure that they have a lot more depth in their site and having top-notch kickers? I don't know. But um, without Oregon um, uh, Kofusi, uh, they showed that they were able to march on and still win the game. Um, and the same for Braden Trindle this week. So Oregon um, Kofusi, he failed his HIA, and so he's going to be ruled out for this match. And um, Braden Trindle... Um, is out with that um, ankle injury, but the team goes on. Uh, for the Warriors, they have a few changes to their side. Tamaida Martin has been stood down for the concussion protocol and Ronald Volkman is actually taking his place at 5'8". That will be interesting to see. Um, hooker Wade Egan, he's returning to the side following his recovery from a concussion. And with his return, that means Freddie Lussick moves to the reserves. So I thought the Warriors played their match against the Bulldogs very well. They stay composed. They were able to make their way back into the game and for the win. So they're showing some pretty good resilience in their squad. And we also saw a confident Sean Johnson. So his leadership is quite evident on the field and he's back to the old Sean. You know, many of us remember from his debuting years, he's facing up against his old club, the Sharks. So he'll again be pivotal in this game. And it actually shows that when Sean plays well, the whole team plays well too. 
Tohu had us. Um, he was um, like talking about some knee injuries in the last game, but um, he's actually been named to start. Um, I also thought um, Viliame Vailer, um, the centre, and winger Marcelo Montoya, they were impressive and they managed to punch through, punch through a lot of um, the weak defence. For this round, if the Sharks play like they did last week, then I hope the Warriors are looking very hard at diffusing the kicks, mitigating their weaknesses to prevent that control the Sharks always seems to bring to the game and especially not letting that second half slip away. So the Warriors, they have to come out very strong very early and um, build that confidence and momentum for a win, well, in the hope of a win. Um, they've had a pretty poor win record at this venue. So I don't know what is said in the Sharks locker room at half time, but when they come out, for that second half, they just ratcheted up an extra notch. So my brain says sharks, but my heart says warriors for this. So for money, I'd say perhaps the safe bet is the sharks, but for the love, I'd say the warriors. Yeah, I think the um the sharks look they were really impressive, and the way Nico Hines just slotted straight back into that side. Yeah, there's really no words to describe um, how talented he is, and the fact that it took him so long to break into the NRL proper just. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, he's absolutely playing like uh, in that one game, at least, playing like the, the Dahlia medalist. And I think he should be able to uh, get the Sharks over the line against the Warriors. You mentioned Braden Trindle with an injury. I'm wondering whether there's going to be a spot for him in the 17 when he does come back from that injury. Obviously, with Nico Hines back at halfback. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure if he's a very um, talented player to be playing for the Newtown Jets, for sure. I gotta say the Warriors have actually really impressed me this season. Um, they're they're looking good. They're looking strong. Um, do I think they're a stronger team than the Sharks? Maybe if Nico Hines wasn't there, but with Nico back, um, yeah, I I think they're they're just not quite gonna cut it. Um, he was looking really good last week, and he he's really sort of pulled the Sharks up even even more. Um, yeah, I don't see the Warriors being able to pull an upset, but if they do, good luck to them because I think they've been really putting putting a lot of effort in and um, going hard. So I hope they can continue that. But yeah, I got to go to the Sharks this one. Uh, so the final match is um, on Sunday. The final match is between Canterbury Bulldogs and the North Queensland Cowboys. Sunday evening at Sydney Olympic Park. Emma, the Bulldogs have returned from their time in the Kiwi sunshine. The Cowboys will be heading south to enjoy that beautiful New South Wales weather. Um, I was glad to see the Cowboys had a win last week, but um, what can we expect from these two teams um, for this coming match? Yeah, well, um, Bulldogs home game. Um, they've won three of their past four games there. Um, Cowboys have won four of their past five games against the Bulldogs. So, yeah, hopefully for my sake, they can do it again. Um Josh Adokar, he's scored 19 tries in his past 14 games at that stadium, so he's been on fire there. Um, yeah, and Valentine Holmes, he's kicked um, his last 13 goals without a miss, so hopefully he brings his kicking game. We both, both teams have um, a few changes to their side. Um, for the Bulldogs, for Manu Brown, he is out, um, he dislocated his elbow uh, playing against the Warriors, um, and they had to relocate it in the hospital. So he's out indefinitely. Um, Davida Pangai Jr. has still not returned um, with his calf. That's That's been delayed. But Josh Reynolds is back from a groin injury, so he's going to slot in there at number 14. And then we've got Franklin Pele coming in as well. 
apart from that, the Bulldogs are pretty much the same. So their starting side is the same as last week. For the Cowboys, we've got Gemma Shimasaki. He has torn his hamstring, I believe. Um, Murray Tolagi, he is out for four to six weeks with an MCL. There's a lot of MCLs this week, which is not what you want to see. Um, James Tamo, he's getting scans on his foot. Uh, so we're going to have Riley Price coming in there. Um, Mitchell Dunn will be returning from his ACL injury from last year. And Jeremiah Nanai is out anyway. So um, Halem Luki is going to come in there to replace him. We've got Peter Hiku is replacing Gamich Fusaki and Brennan Elliott is replacing Murray Chalagi as winger. Um, so, yeah, big changes for the Cowboys. Um, we will see how they go. As you said, like, I think they are getting better this season. They're kind of finding their feet, I hope. <laughs> Still not convinced that they're, that they're quite hitting the mark yet, but definitely have improved, I think, um, over the season. Um, Bulldogs, look, Dave, they're also doing better than I expected. Um, but although they've got a few wins, we yeah, can't get too excited about the wins they have had. That they have had, yeah, like against the storm. Well, it wasn't really a storm side; it's more like a sun shower side. Um, so yeah, that, even though they've had they've had a few good wins, it's I don't know. I don't see that they're actually that strong. I think they've had kind of a, a few lucky wins, let's say. Um, but can't say too much for the the Cowboys either. So <laughs> it could it'll be a I think a good game because um, I think they're both sort of playing at similar levels at the moment. Um, Honestly, it could go either way for me, but gotta gotta stick with the boys and go go the Cowboys. But yeah, I would not be surprised if the the Bulldogs get this one over us. I think I said a few weeks ago that we wouldn't see Josh Reynolds back in the NRL, and I was very surprised <laughs> to see him on this team list. Um, but I'm very happy for him. I'm glad he'll get this shot, and I think he's going to do a great job um, in front of in front of their their fans. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Cowboys will be too good. The Bulldogs, Bulldogs are definitely building something. I think with Phil Gould there, I know he gets on some people's nerves, but he's really, um, he's proven to be a great football head. Like he knows his stuff, and he's really setting up a good, a good uh, system there at, at the Bulldogs. I just want to talk about something real quick. A few weeks ago, when the Bulldogs were playing the Tigers, they are uh, the Bulldogs beat the Tigers slash Magpies in all eight grades two weeks ago, which is something I'm not sure. It'd be very hard to get stats on that, but. That's pretty crazy. Like all throughout the women's and women's junior reps and men's and men and men's junior reps, it was, uh, yeah. I think that shows that the Bulldogs are really, you know, starting from the ground up and they're really trying to set something up. But whether that's, you know, enough to get the win or do well this year, I guess remains to be seen. I think the Cowboys, uh, yeah, should just be able to do it. I'm going to Cowboys. Um, I think they'll do well. Um, I mean, Tom Chester still continues to show that he's doing a pretty good job at filling out um, Drinkwater spot. So, uh, look, I, I know, look, I know you made the point about Phil Gould and how, you know, he's not necessarily everyone's favourite. He seems to have an opinion on every other team and what every other coach should be doing and which players should be on and what the referees should be, um, you know, doing whenever they come onto the field. Um, I, I, I just tend to think that um, whatever it is, he's doing at the Bulldogs it, it's it's perhaps some time to bring in some fresh fresh perspective just something um you said and also Lachlan um 
with all the other teams and all the other grades um, getting those wins and that sort of stuff. Um, I remember years and years ago when everyone was um, shitting on Gus for his um, five-year plan or whatever with the Panthers and they weren't really doing well. And then all of a sudden you're watching them all come up and then look at how the Panthers have been over the last couple of years. So who knows, maybe it's something like that. You that we have to just wait and see how they do go and maybe in a couple of years those younger grades will come through. and um, a slow burn. Yeah. The long maybe. game. <laughs> <laughs> see how it works out. But maybe maybe he does know a bit more than he um, he sounds like. I think that's a great point about Penrith. Um, also, I think the fans are really loving Gus Gould at the moment. He's providing some really good insight into what's going on behind the scenes at the club. There seems to be a lot of positive feedback around that. He also really engages with the fans really well. Um, but, yeah, look, we're seeing, you know, Canterbury Bankstown dominate in the under-17s. Uh, I know they're playing Penrith this weekend for, for that top spot, which is a bit of a feel-good off, if you will, to the two clubs that Phil Gould's tried to set up uh, with the junior reps. But, yeah, I think in a few years we're going to see the Bulldogs in the position Penrith is. Um, obviously, a lot can happen in a few years, but that's the way they're going. And I think similar to the Tigers, they need to stick strong with what they've decided, except I think differently from the Tigers, this is actually working. There you have it, guys. That's our show. Thank you, Emma and Lachlan. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hope you can tune in regularly, subscribe, download our episodes, and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. You can find details about our hosts on our website at mojosports.com.au with all our social media handles. Until next episode, please feel free to tell a friend about our show and help us spread the word. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other.